Cradeline Network. Hail, Star Troopers! Conrad here, and welcome to the Space Spinner Star Lordathon. The Star Lordathon took place over July 25 and 26, 2020, and had guests from all over the world. Due to popular demand, I'm releasing it here on the podcast feed in four-issue chunks over the next few weeks. Tune in every Wednesday to hear Conrad and Fox grow progressively more tired as we talk about classic UK comics action. If you want to follow along with the stream visually, I'd heartily recommend checking out our YouTube page, which I'll link in the show notes. And we'll soon have the episodes we're covering today uploaded to it, so you can see all the comics we're talking about, as well as my smiling face. If you'd like to support the show, please check out the Patreon page of our podcast network, Cradeline, at patreon.com slash There's a variety of rewards for pledging, including a ton of yet-to-be-released content and exclusive episodes covering modern 2000 AD. Check it out and enjoy the Star Lordathon! Keep watching the skies! Hail Star Troopers! My name is Conrad alongside my friend Fox. This is the 21st hour of the Space Spinner Star Lordathon, a live stream where two Americans discuss the UK sci fi comic Star Lord one issue at a time. Oh, all right. Hold on a second. Anyway, I had to check something. Okay. Sorry. Where we. This is the 21st hour of the Space Spinner Star Lordathon, a live stream where two Americans discuss the UK sci fi comic Star Lord one issue at a time. This hour, we're covering Star Lord issue 19, cover date September 16th, 1978. This time, Mind Wars is in jail again. Robusters go on a rampage. Strontium dogfights, skeletons, and Holocaust has some fearless flying. I am all about this cover, baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. This one's a big one for you. Absolutely. Um, you'll find the comics we're covering today in Strontium Dog, SD Agency Files 1, Robusters Volume 1, and the Judge Dread Magazine uh, numbers 408 and 409. And this episode, we're joined by friend of the show, Sheridan, who does the Back Prog Hack blog. Welcome aboard, Sheridan. Yeah. Absolutely. All these Star Troopers. Awesome. So you've covered Star-Lord extensively in your blog. You've done every you've done a blog post for every issue, as I recall, right? Yep, that's right. And I was covering every issue as it came out, along with 2000 AD, but it was coming out in the same weeks. Oh, so my gosh. I'd be going from Planet of the Dam to Death Planet to Planet of the Dam to Death Planet. Oh, and that no. Oh, no. Oh man, that's a that's a weird bevy. That's a, yeah, yeah. I think Planet of the Damned itself is okay, but mixed up with Death Planet, it is very repetitive and stretched on for a bit. Yeah, definitely, just a lot of a lot of things yeah, being destroyed at once. <laughs> yeah, in alternate realities and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That cover is mixing up three different uh, adverts, but uh, Star Lord history first, I think. Um, I was still getting my back frogs, so I hadn't got a complete run of 2000 AD yet. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I knew Star-Lord existed, and I went to a comic shop in Barking, which probably isn't still there yet, and they had the complete run of all 22 issues. Oh, oh damn. Probably for about £10. <laughs> to... oh, steal. Yeah. Yeah. 
I got the annuals and specials separately. Uh, but the original run, I got all in one go, and that was pretty easy for me. Nice. Yeah, I feel like the uh, you know you, we uh, we we talked about this before. The original the the, the 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 that Star Lord run can sort of be held in just one place. It's relatively relatively brief in comparison to say a 2000 AD collection. Yeah. And I didn't get any stickers or board games with it. Oh, just no. The, just the basic comics. Oh, you know. Still plenty enough, plenty enough in there, I think, you know. Yeah. I got badges, but I don't have board games. And I feel like, listen, these board games are overrated 100%. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, bequeath the men. Yes. Sheridan, I name you a pilot in Star-Lord's Army. I should do much easy. Absolutely. Listen, exciting times. So let's talk about this cover. Graham Cotton draws this pretty awesome cover of Mechquake rolling through a bunch of robots as Rojas oh, yeah, and yeah. Hammerstein run for cover. This is very classic, I think. It's just like concept of Rojas and Hammerstein. And like you said, this one does feel like or it seems to be based on a couple um, 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 adverts. But can you tell us the specifics? Because, you know, obviously we're outsiders to this sort of thing. Yeah, so reaches parts of the galaxy other sci-fi mags cannot reach is, uh, is it Heineken? Yeah, it's a Heineken advert. Um, Whoa. <laughs> reaches people? Reaches parts. Yeah. Reaches parts, that's it. Ah. Reaches parts other beers cannot reach. Uh, Mechquake kills 99% of all known robots is a general Bestos. bleach Domestos uh, <laughs> advert. Whoa. Kills 99% of all known germs. Right. And circuit smashing... Uh, what's that? Circuit smashing, pipe ripping, metal crunching, droid destroying, Mechquake is the Pepsi advert, which you've seen a couple of times already. Yeah, I think we've seen takeoffs of that for uh, 2000 AD. Oh, yeah. yeah. Excellent. And I think that really must have saturated TV at a time because this is about a second or third time that 2000 AD and Star Lord have done that one. Yeah, I think Man, they're very much neat. drawing from the same wells for all these uh, different covers and stuff like that. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Yeah, I love this cover. There's these painted I, – I love these droids. Like, ah, you know, really good stuff. Classic big jobs action here. And it's very yellow covers as well. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like that's a pretty common color for Star-Lord covers now that I'm thinking about it. We're seeing yeah. fair amount of yellow just as we as we run by. Uh, let that red pop, baby. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. And if, uh, and if you get to the back – I know this is going ahead of itself a bit, but if you get to post it back, it's also very yellow. And it's got uh, Hammerstein and Rose Draws on it. Yes. We'll get, we'll get to that uh, Kevin O'Neill picture later. Yeah, definitely. Mm. I don't want to get, get too far ahead of ourselves. <laughs> so let's instead get to what's right in front of us, and that's Mind Wars. Uh, script Alan Hebden, Art Hazes Redondo, lettering Peter Knight. The uh, Huntress of Altair arrives on the planet Lenarth, home to these lion dudes we've been seeing throughout this story. And Red. one of the most, yeah, and one of the most uh, powerful planets in the galaxy. They fly over a fancy capital and then into a massive spaceport. 
and then get nude. Yeah, well, they think they've heard reports of the Green Star here, but they maybe figure something out as they go. First, yeah, they, they got to de- be decontaminated. And of course, this is a good chance to uh, objectify our Danny as you do. That's why yeah, they like, get her nude all over this strip. It is yeah. too whole pages almost. you know they don't like you know we got to see a variety of outfits on this lady it's got to happen constantly you know that's yeah. why she doesn't get back uh dressed up she's just in a, in a cloth after she does this good lord um and then as she does she's just in a towel when a fancy lady yosei's old enemy karila laborzak exiled empress oh. of orion walks in gets all hottie and destroys our Danny's clothes Rude. Definitely. In response, Ardetti uses her powers to turn Karila's clothes into sackcloths, and their discussion about their various clothing and things like that means that in just this split second, Star-Lord passes the Bechtel test just barely. Wow. <laughs> Two women talking to each other, not about a man, I guess. <laughs> um, I mean, they're talking about clothes, but it's not yeah. about a man. I mean, you know, we're it's it, uh, grasping at straws here, honestly. Like, <laughs> at, at least it's not like Planet of the Damned, where women just existed, sort of to be killed. Like that was or to vomit up their own saliva. I mean, that was part there of being men killed. Interrupting the conversation. Yeah, there are men interrupting a conversation, but it's not really part of the conversation. No, they're just sort of on the outside, I guess. Yeah. Um, Do not engage. <laughs> so all this may cause long-term trouble, though, as our Denny is brought new clothes to wear. It turns out that Laborzak tried to start a coup against the Federation a few years ago, but Yose put a stop to it. At customs, it seems their IDs are no longer in order, and they assume that this is uh, Karila's doing. This leads, this leads to a fight where Yosei asks Ardeni not to use her powers, so they're overwhelmed by uh, the Lenarthian guards. Why not use your powers? I guess because they just cause a lot of trouble, I guess. I mean, the people definitely die. Like, there's enough trouble without you tearing this place apart. <laughs> Don't drop a spaceship on this planet, please. Yeah, I mean, it's tough, you know. Um... Yeah, so they're overwhelmed. Our heroes are taken to jail as Dr. Varn is finally picked up in his spacesuit for when he was marooned on that asteroid last time. Man, oh man, that was quick. Yeah, well, he's the boss. He's the boss of the Federation, so presumably he can get a ship out there reasonably quickly. Triple A, you know? Definitely. <laughs> um, he's picked up. He orders his ships to go to Lenarth and pick our Denny up. Um, oh my gosh, where, okay, blah, blah, yeah, to go pick her up. Meanwhile, um, this interstellar war is still raging. Like, we're never going to pause for it. We see a bunch of, we see a human settlement being attacked by the juggler. They're just herding a bunch of humans around to kill them. When, I'm loving this suction cup thing yeah, going on. They just use a big, it's one of those, like, uh, devices on, like, um, um, as seen on TV that's designed to, like, catch a bug so you can then just, like, put it outside, basically. What? I don't know. I, I I remember it, but whatever. Um, but they catch a bunch of humans in this in this clear glass dome, and they got evil plans for them. Basically, they're all brought before Narutha, 
who sort of looks him over and picks one. Yes, you'll do this one. And the rest are, uh, you know, summarily murdered as you as you do. Oh, Good. oh man. Are they doing a facial reconstruction on this guy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, God. They take this guy into surgery where his face will be redone to become the spitting image of Arlen, uh, brother of Ardenny. Also- this is what? Oh my god. They're also going to give him some radiation powers, but just only a limited amount so that he'll be, he'll stay under control from the uh, juggler bosses, basically. Yeah. Fool me once, shame on me. That's right. In, pris- oh. in prison. Oh, 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 wait, You're no. Back. That should fix it. I'm sorry. There we go. In prison, everyone complains as Ardini eats prison food. That's the tastiest of foods. <laughs> um, but as she does, that dang Karila Laborzak shows up. She's poisoned Ardini, and now she'll have revenge on Yose. Next time, Yarg! Such incredible volume! I hope they're talking about hair. Ooh, they're going to give each other Sassoon. makeovers? That's exciting. And I'm all about that makeover life. Sure. Spa day, yes, please. Hey, fun, uh, fun mind wars here. I think I like this uh, new sub. I, I like this new villain of Karila, just a new human to kind of be a jerk to everybody, and definitely like this new subplot of the uh, fake Arlen that's going to be coming by eventually. You know, you got to think about it. But let's go on to our next blueprint. Blueprint 2, Robusters. Time to crush some droids, baby. That's right. Uh, Script, Chris Louder as Jack Adrian. Art, Jose Luis Ferrer. Lettering, Paul Bensberg. So, Mechquake is coming after the bots, after Rojas and Hammerstein. But for once, they don't feel justified in him destroying them. And so, they actually fight back against them, which is pretty interesting. They try to explain that Howard Quartz is being tricked by the evil tycoon Ogonso, and he's walking into a trap and stuff. Mechquake isn't interested in such things. So eventually Hammerstein has no choice but to drop the hammer on him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. Um, Mechquake is confused that anyone's fighting back against him. And so the robots decide to leg it just to kind of, uh, you know, uh, reconnoiter and figure out about what they're going to do. As they go, they pass those dang kids again. Can't escape this, like, like suddenly parentage. No, they can't. they, they, They can't stop checking it out. You know, it's weird. Um, oh, wait, hold on. Just give me, uh, damn it. Never mind. Bleh. Losing okay. sanity. I mean, ugh, I got, I got behind the scenes issues, but here we go. Oh, uh, Steve Green asks, is this the second kill these kids hashtag? I, I, I don't know. They are annoying. One of them does talk like Walter. So that's sort of like, uh, strikes one and two for sure. Um, luckily, listen, these kids are ungrateful for, for being saved by these bots. So there's only one reasonable thing to do, which is just throw them bodily right at Mechquake. <laughs> he catches That's them. Great child distraction. Yeah, he can't hurt them, so he's just be confused. Um, and 
our guys head to the Roadbuster ship and then make their way back to uh, Copernicus. Unfortunately, the evil Ogonsil isn't out of plans just yet. He arranges a welcoming party, a bunch of goons with rifles who show up and attack our heroes when they arrive. They take cover behind a gun, a garbage truck, and shoot oh. the baddies with liquid garbage. Oh, that's the worst thing to get shot with. Oh, that's so great. If the truck is pooping on him, I'm into it. It's bad, you know. Um, they also, uh, Rojas once again pulls out his caustic foam. He's spraying people with that a lot. A lot of foam. I mean, listen. When you inherit a new caustic foam spray, you're going to use the shit out of it. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, as Bob Thompson says, they're hip deep in danger garbage right now. It's <laughs> terrible. And is that like caustic soda? Because that's a pretty nasty thing to be sprayed with if it is. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's caustic something. Uh, one way or another, yeah. I don't be, want to be sprayed with anything that's caustic, you know? No. Just leave it off me. I'm trying to live a life, you know? Um, they smash straight on through and get to Mr. Uh, 10% who's unaware at the same time that uh, Mr. Ogonso is holding a gun on him. Oh, geez. It turns out that um, Ogonso monologues that he's basically trying to secure this huge deposit of radium, the rarest metal in the solar system. It's on the one part of the moon he doesn't own. <laughs> he's about to take out uh, quartz when the Robusters burst in. Oh, geez. Man, I'm loving this dong. I mean, well, okay, wait. <laughs> there we go. Uh, yeah, this dong. Dong. Because they got a force field that'll stop bullets, but it won't stop that dang shovel right there up, up, up the side, up, upside this guy's head, for sure. <laughs> Anyhow, great moment here. They've taken out these bodyguards, and Ogonsil has a gun on Quartz and says, Listen, you two self-destruct, or I'll kill your boss. And they're like, We don't we don't care about this guy. <laughs> kill him. Come on. Whatever. Dude. And he real and uh, Ogonsil realizes that they definitely aren't bluffing. They'll just let him die. And because of that, he's got no choice but to surrender. <laughs> And that means, of course, the UPA comes in. They'll investigate everything. Oh, Gonsol is ruined. Bad news, man. Yeah. Never going to get that super sweet space medal. Mm -mm. Radium is for the people, I guess. Anyway, kids are reunited with their families. Mechquake swears revenge while Quartz asks if those bots would really let him die. I mean, we're friends, right, guys? Like, you wouldn't, <laughs> you wouldn't just let me die out there, right? And they're like, nah, you know, it's well, fine. At least maybe like 10% of you could live. Oh. 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 Yeah. You died wouldn't be the laugh of the year, right? It'd be the laugh of the bloody decade. Way. Oh. <laughs> oh. Conrad, I will be right back. Continue on with me for Whoa. a second. Okay. Live on. Live it up, buddy. Um, Wait. The way this episode opened, uh, first time I've met Hammerstein was in Nemesis of Warlock book four, Gothic Empire. Mm -hmm. And that was a very similar episode uh, scene to McQuake starring oh, Absolutely, yeah. It's, it, it, it's one of these recurring themes in um, 
in just Robusters and sort of Hammerstein, Rojaws, and uh, and Mechquake's life, just how they're periodically just sent to Mechquake to be destroyed, and often they just sort of go like with witty banter and General Ablam as they go. Yeah, I've got a question for you. Have yeah. you heard the word Gunsel before? I, I want there's a line. Oh, there's a line on the fourth page. Oh, Gunsels, Gunsels. Which rhymes a bit. <laughs> I hadn't heard that. I hadn't heard that word before, so I mm-hmm. looked it. Oh, it's used in a Maltese. See it? Yeah, it's used in a Maltese falcon by Dashiell Hammett. Ah, and his editor had assumed that it was slang relating to the word gun, and it hadn't. <laughs> because of that book, it kind of means gun carrying hoodlum now. Ah. <laughs> But when he put that in it, it was a slang word for the young passive partner in a homosexual relationship with Yiddish. Ooh, that's so spicy. That was, I like that. Yeah, that was Hammett sneaking in a slur. <laughs> oh, my. I, I do like when sort of things pick up different um, meetings and stuff as time goes by, for sure. That, that That's a lot yeah. of fun. Definitely. As Robusters end... Ends. We see ads for the uh, Action 1979 Annual. Got some stuff with a uh, Hookjaw and Dredger going on. Always exciting stuff, and just some more Soccer Monthly, other things of that nature. Are you back, Fox? I am back. Fantastic. Let's continue on to Blueprint Three. Strontium Dog. Come on, buddy. Stay there with me. All right. Uh, script robot John Wagner's TB Grover art robot Ian Gibson lettering David Gould yeah I mean again Bob Thompson yeah these zombie annuals they continue on forever um, and yeah it is unusual this Gibson Strontium Dog as well for sure yeah everyone getting goopy behind this psychic shield we're sort of cutting back to last time um, we see the demonic monsters of the evil sedan Lord of Chaos uh, sort of being um, tormenting Johnny's uh, sister, brother-in-law and uh, niece sort of. Oh, oh and their uh, and their household robot as well. Who got crushed, man. I mean, that dude was ripped apart. Yeah, but then Wolf fixed him. You know, it's solid stuff. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's got that. He's got that, like, engineering degree or something. Yeah, you know, Viking engineering. Um, they're hanging out in this for in the Psy Shield until suddenly one of the demons takes the form of Johnny Alpha. Ooh, sneaky. Choose the form of the Destructor. <laughs> Marcy's lured out. She jumps into fake Johnny's hands. And then he turns into a big monster and kidnaps Marcy. Oh, man, no good. Mm-mm. I mean, yeah, I'll uh, 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 to talk about these colors in the chat. These colors are pretty standard for Strontium Dog in uh, in Star-Lord, I think. Right, Fox? Like we've seen oh, yeah. all these all these reds and purples and stuff are a very big part of um, of the look of this comic. Magenta is the deal. Definitely. The demons absolve with the child. Moments later, the real Johnny and Wolf arrive and prepare to go after the beast, snagging their alien medic, the Gronk, as they go. Ruth, who they say is hysterical, but honestly, she just seems kind of focused here, if you ask me. 
Um, and she tells Johnny to get her baby girl back. You hear me? So, I mean, it's it's on him, really. Yeah, absolutely. The trio heads out into the wasted countryside outside of the town. Um, def- they uh they track Tracy to an old bomb shelter, but it's a bomb shelter that like got hit, so a bunch of people died inside of it. Basically, oh man, spooky. Yeah, so it's a very much a haunted gun uh, uh, bomb shelter. It's full of skeletons and ghosts and things like that. Um, inside though. They see Sedan hiding in a decontamination chamber. You can see him right there. Um, their blasters are useless inside the uh, decontam shelter, and he uses his powers to summon an army of undead skeletons. I told you it was haunted! Oh, spoopy, scary skeletons. Definitely. We Things get real dusty in here. And I mean, honestly, I don't know if this is Gibson's best work because it's just hard to tell what's going on here a lot. There's like, these big action scenes take place with all of this um, skeleton fighting and stuff like that. I um, think he was rushing this episode, personally. I think, yeah, I... I I think that's pretty true. I mean, this we started with Brendan McCarthy and then moved to Ian Gibson. I wonder if it was originally supposed to be like that when the when they were initially uh, uh, plotting out who was going to work on this stuff. Um, but so after some massive fights with the undead, Wolf bursts into the decontamination center or area. Smash! He grabs Marcy, and then Wolf and Johnny seal Sedan back up in the chamber, and that's it. Because that decontamination chamber is lead-lined, which means that Ooh. his powers can't penetrate it, and he'll be st- and they've closed it permanently, permanently, so he'll be stuck in there forever. No guards to come and mess this one up, man. Mm-mm. Classic, just starved to death. That's fine. Oh God, and that's just gonna happen, you know. <laughs> so. Dave, uh, he's stuck in there forever. I love him just saying, no, no. Poor little Mekon-esque bad guy. Oh, man. It's what you get for being a master of chaos, buddy. Absolutely. You know, talk shit, get hit, for sure. Wow. <laughs> um, they make it back. Marcy's okay, but Ruth is pissed. She doesn't want to see Johnny ever again. Johnny says goodbye oh, to Mercy, or to Marcy, I should say. And the team heads out. They'll see you again sometime. Sometime. A long That's time the end. From now. Bittersweet. I don't know if they ever do. I don't think they do in the pages of, of, uh, of 2000 AD. At oh, least yeah, not seeing her again. Not that we've covered, at least. Um, you know. Sad stuff, these kids. Um, but, so, oh man. Now we're heading to the Stargam section. The last no, quiz. Before you do that, before you do that, oh, please. So we've got a story drawn by Ian Gibson. Yes. The hero uh, has his family, uh, his niece, get involved in a revenge thing from someone that he defeated in the past, Ooh. and he's promised not to see her again to protect his family. Oh, that's oh. Did Gibson draw Dreads? Um, um, niece as well. Dread in Vienna, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. These these rhyming rhyming couplets of these stories. Oh, geez. Yeah, that's a little bit like two people fighting each other who are our heroes, whose parents are both called Martha. 
<laughs> at least Martha. Oh, did you say Martha? I said Martha. At least Marcy isn't also called Vienna, because that would be a little much in terms of yeah. like us only having one idea, you know. But Johnny and Joe. That's true. Oh man. Okay, I gotta think about this. I gotta feel I gotta feel bad about my fandom a little bit. Um, <laughs> so this takes us to this pilot quiz. I believe it's the last of these uh, specific job quizzes in here. Um, but there might be more later, you know, whatever. Um, and then we get to the uh, Hail uh, Star Trooper section. Just oh, love you again. Oh, please. Did you see the ratings for this? No, I guess I, I didn't look that close at it. I sort of thought maybe I'd come back to it. Sure, there's something worth looking at here. Oh, oh, let's see how close I can get. I can get to 400. There we go. You haven't got a nerve in your body. You've got all the qualification needed for a Star One Star Trooper. Tip top reflexes. You're a bit inclined to panic and feel a compulsion oh, wow. to rely on someone else. Usually, your captain don't. And the final one is you need help, but where are you going to get it? Certainly not from yourself the way you're going or not going. You must learn to keep your head, and let's face it, anybody's life is chock full of, de of decisions. Uh, sorry, it's my mistake. It's question number six. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's see. I here. think, yeah, I think they might have been getting a bit uh, bored of these quizzes. Deep space, you're closing right fast well. on a so perfect interception. You're about to launch missiles, do you? Fire your weapons using manual controls and sighting into the old Mark One eyeball. Ram the cruiser right in her arsenal, hope to eject or turn back to get the sight fixed. <laughs> yeah, so it's ram the cruiser right in her arsenal, hoping to eject it at the very last moment. <laughs> oh my, in oh, her arsenal. Boy, I see boy. what's going on here. No, that's, that's not just my imagination, is it? Very no. cheeky. That is Very the sub editor there. <laughs> wow. Oh man! All right, that's <laughs> jokes. Bastards! These people gotta get the gotta get them in. <laughs> so the password for this one is called Why a Duck? I don't know. And, All right. Um. The uh the the big winner is um these is a bunch of uh cool robot drawings that some kid did. I like these guys. I'm into that. Worker droid, award droid. We got some more drawings of spaceships and at least one uh, blaster diagram. So that's all good stuff. Good kid stuff showing up, showing us how this stuff goes. Oh, whoa. That's that spaceship with the like nacelles coming out of the top of it. Bug ship. Yeah, it's cool. A little bug in there. Yeah. Living it up. Yeah, again, listen, <laughs> these paramilitary groups with their child soldiers and their robot slaves. These, these are the good guys, folks. That's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of questionable good guys, let's go to Blueprint 4, Holocaust. Ugh. Script, <laughs> Alan Hebden, Art, Magalani, Salidas, Letterer, or Letterer, Peter Knight. Carl Hunter and an alien android are being attacked by some kind of beam by evil aliens. It's real bad. Luckily, Colonel Minsky's there to save the day once more. He's flying by and deploys some smoke bombs to protect them from the light. That propeller is massive. 
I mean, I think it's how it works for hell. I don't know. Don't ask. Don't tell me to uh, know which how helicopters work for sure. Um, but yeah, the uh, the beams or the uh, the smoke blocks the beams. Good times. Army guys rushing to help everything. Things are cool, but the android needs more food. Sadly, all they've got is like a baker's dozen of tuna fish sandwiches. Mm. He starts eating them, and tuna fish is okay, but not as good as that raw meat that he's been real into so far. Man, all those guys have got to have some pretty rank breath. Absolutely. You know, I mean, robots never use lozenges or anything like that. You know, they don't brush their teeth. (laughs) (laughs) The bot will only talk through Hunter, and so it's time to get him to more official stuff. They pile him aboard the 747 that's now Air Force One. They make a big deal about it being a 747 instead of a 707, I guess, which is plain stuff that's kind of beyond me, I guess. Big plane. Um, yeah. What's the Kennedy when you need him? It's true. <laughs> Listen, I mean, I think I think Salinas draws a decent plane. It's just not maybe his his specialty, you know. Um, they're, they're they're speeding their way to Washington and Air Force One when the plane shakes and they're caught in alien tractor beams. And they're caught in alien tractor beams. And once more, uh, the the uh, droid explains that the aliens bark is much more than their bite. Just tells the pilots to just kind of, you know, turn off the engines. Like, you want a tractor what? beam us? Tractor beam away, buddy. You can carry all my weight. <laughs> uh, turning off the engines does not sound like a great idea. I mean, it's okay. They turn off the engines. And the plane stalls. The, uh, the tractor beams turn off because they can't handle it. And now they all, all they got to do is worry about about uh, crashing. You know, they desperately go to turn the engines back on and finally do maybe 100 feet off the ground. After that, the flight to Washington's largely uneventful. Good times. All right. Well, fast forward, I guess. Yeah. They arrive at MP. They, they arrive in Washington where a bunch of MPs threaten the android. So, of course, Carl's got to punch him real hard and takes two out with one punch. That's the move. Hell yeah. Um, Minsky takes out some more, pulls a gun, tells him to knock it off, basically. It's like, come on, we're here to see the president. Don't be a jerk. They go see the president, who seems an affable sort, I guess. You know, not Carter, I don't think. Maybe just sort of a generic U.S. president. Yeah, he's holding doors open for people. Yeah. And uh, they say, oh, we can't just call you the the android android, so what's a name for you? And Hunter's like, let's just call him J. Edgar. That's a decent uh, uh, choice. There's no other J. Edgars involved in government, right? (laughs) (laughs) So they're led through a room in the Oval Office to a meeting room where representatives from of the intelligence forces of all the uh, big countries, including the USSR and China, are waiting. Um, basically, we got to bury our past differences to save the world. We're all on the edge of famine, as you'll recall. We need food. Yeah. Keep feeding this robot. We're not getting much out of it. Definitely. J. Edgar talks through Hunter, and it's info dump time. Oh, Jesus. The mothership behind the moon is has the survivors of a destroyed planet. 
But most of those survivors have been put into suspended animation with some um, just sort of robots and stuff to kind of – in a master computer to sort of take care of systems until they can find a new world for them to live on. But as time went by, they used all their weapons against uh, space challenges and stuff. And eventually, the master computer went crazy. It became warlike. And sort of unthawed some folks to turn into the high ones, the new leaders of these mass of these uh, aliens. Um, so convoluted. And it's Why? The, it's the high ones whose plan is to uh, kill humanity and then take the planet for their own. It's kind of an Independence Day thing. But instead of blowing up landmarks, they're just starving everybody. No, it seems more effective, frankly. Yeah, I mean, especially if they hadn't been caught previously, for sure. Um, but the important thing to know is that the mothership has lost a lot of equipment and most of like its knowledge about things. If you could assault it, the high, um, you could take out the high ones in the master computer pretty easily. But to get there, you do have to find a UFO and that's sort of a, a working UFO. And that's the challenge, basically. Man, this is Independence Day. Yep. Every government agrees to try to capture one. But don't worry, one's probably going to find you, Mr. Hunter, as we sort of see a UFO hovering above them just in case. Like, watch out, buddy. <laughs> Next time on <laughs> on Holocaust, freeze zombies. <laughs> more zombos. Always time for more zombies. That's the thing. And we finish that up and we move on to just our last thing. Just a little pinup on the back cover here by Kevin O'Neill of Rojaws and Hammerstein. I like that uh, Hammerstein. He's got his medals and is standing at attention. Meanwhile, Rojaws has his plunger arm attached and is just it's been a poopy plunger, man. That's fucking out the main up. drain, which looks pretty gross. Oof. Good times, but I like these guys. This is just a good little portrait of these of the of uh, Robusters era, Rojas and Hammerstein. They're boys, sure. absolutely. And it's a very yellow background matching a cover. Absolutely, mm. yeah. This sort of Star Lord yellow—that's sort of the basis of of the cover here. So, oh man, I think with that we finished issue number nineteen of Star Lord. That's fantastic. Dang. And with that done, I have one question for y'all, which is what were your top and bottom blueprints? Sheridan, what are your tops and bottoms? Uh, they're both from Alan Hebden. Ooh, yeah, that's common common theme, actually, of tops and bottoms, <laughs> I think. Yeah, so bottom, Holocaust, because <laughs> it's got an info dump but it was not exactly uh, subtly put in. And uh, top is Mind Wars. Yeah, Mind Wars is real good. I mean, I this is going to be real easy for me, Conrad. It is solidarity with Sheridan all the way. I <laughs> <Yay. laughs> couldn't be more correct. I'm loving Mind Wars, man. Someone magic wand set on fire some ladies' clothes. Uh, lion people punching each other. Dogs and cats living together. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, and Conrad. I, oh, yeah, yeah. For me, I mean, I'll definitely say Holocaust is my bottom. Um, I think, like, I don't know, like, again, 
all the ends of these robusters always feel very rushed, I think. They just kind of get to mm-hmm. a point where they're ready to resolve and everything's fixed. They don't even show like the kids being reunited with their parents or anything like that. It's kind of weird. Off-string. Yeah. Um, I I like the idea of Strontium Dog, but um, like this fight, th- this big fight scene feels very sloppy by Gibson. So I, it sort of keeps it from being a top contender for me, I think. So I think we'll have to do a triple threat here, and I'll pick Mind Wars as well, man. This is just good oh, stuff. Man. Oh, look at solidarity. These, look at these sweet landscapes and these awesome spaceships. Like, all these – they have these crazy lines and stuff. It's really great. And then, like, um, Karela shows up, and she's just this tall drink of water with, like a, like, cool clothes and hair and stuff. Everybody goes to jail, and she gets all evil – Plus, like, we're just doing face-off stuff, like, you know, kidnapping people and giving them cosmetic surgery. That's great evil oh, things. Oh, God, I forgot about that. Awesome stuff. You gotta love it. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> so, with that said, I hope everybody enjoyed the show. Again, if you like what you're hearing, check out our weekly podcast, Space Spinner 2000, about 2000 AD. You can contact us at Space Spinner 2000 at Gmail, 2080 forums, or on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. Um, and if you really want to support us, we'd appreciate it. And check out our Patreon account at, at patreon.com slash Cradleline. That's the name of our podcast network. And then, of course, we've got links in our About section about collected edition of all the comics we're talking about today that are available. Come back next hour as it's bikini time in Mind Wars. It's the beach episode. Oh, the ta- great. <laughs> the taxman cometh in Robusters and Holocaust is blowing up D.C. <laughs> Sheridan, it's got to happen. Yeah, Sheridan, where can we find you on the internet if you'd like to be found? I would like to be found. Yeah. I've got two websites now. I've got uh, Sheridan Wild with an e on the end at. Uh, I'll try that again. I have got sheridanwild.wordpress.com and I've also got my old website that I'm in the process of resurrecting, <laughs> which is sheridanwild.com. Ooh, nice. Yeah, and I um I I just want to say uh uh your your backhog your backprog hack blog. Sorry, it's hard for me to talk about things. Um, but that's an amazing blog. I've real I you know I I subscribe to it and read it every day. It's a great uh thing to read just to get a little bit of 2000 AD. Uh, I I love your your opinions of the of the stuff we've talked about already, and I hope you know someday soon I think you're gonna catch up and then read new stuff. And I also really like honestly. A lot of the Star Lordathon was based on your coverage of Star Lord and Tornado. That made me think that oh, we should we should check these stories out, you know. So I really appreciate you coming on, especially at the end when we're sort of getting into these high, into this high country. And I appreciate your uh, your experience here for sure. Hell yeah, we are not worthy. Hey, listen. Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks so much. Happy to inspire you. Hey, you know, yeah, absolutely. It it was really great. All right. Until then, I'm Conrad. They're Fox and Sheridan. And we are the Space Spitter Star Lordathon. Keep watching the skies. Hail, Star Troopers. My name is Conrad alongside my friend Fox. And this is the 22nd hour of the Space Spitter Star Lordathon. A live stream where two Americans discuss the UK sci-fi comic Star-Lord one issue at a time. This hour, it's 1 a.m. in Los Angeles, and we're covering oh, Star-Lord issue 20. 
Cover date, September 23rd, 1978. This time, Mind Wars loses its memory again. Robusters is cracking atoms and Holocaust is deploying parachutes. Buddy, Sheridan Last Hour is our final guest, and that means it's just you and me to the end of this adventure. Oh, man. It's going back to Hobbiton at this point. <sighs> Can't carry that ring, but I can carry you, my friend. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> you find the comics are covered today in Strontium Dog, SEHG Files 1, Robusters Volume 1, and the Judge Red Magazine, Far Await. To 409. Here we go. Cover this one. Washington. The hub of youth must go. Listen, we're castration envy for all. It's the hub of the United States and the most frightened city on earth. And in the comic. Flying saucers and jet fighters fill the sky in this Ian Kennedy cover as the flying saucers blast right through the Washington Monument. It's pretty solid. Gotta crash into that monument, man. It's right there. Always. All right. Hopping in. Let's talk about Blueprint One Mind Wars. Ah, Why not? Let's do that. Magic Wand. Absolutely. Script script, Alan Hebden, Art Hazes, Redondo Lettering, Paul Bensberg. Our Denny has been knocked out by the evil Karila La Borzak. Uh, She's taken her and Yose to her evil chambers, leaving our lion buddies, uh, Bruda and Kreda, behind. In a laser cage, no less. That's the best kind. Soon they're Mm -hmm. on a spaceship going over the scenic thunderfalls. And the yeah. ship flies right through the falls to Karela's oh, secret base. Love a base behind a waterfall, Fox. Very scenic. Know, right? Yeah. You're always, like, nice and cool, even on a hot day. I feel like it would make things humid, though, for the record. Like, mm. you're going to want to get some mildew protection. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Think about it, you know? Oh, yeah. Gotta clean that grout, buddy. <laughs> grout you, all right? How about that? How about that, Fox? Our humanity I... of the last three hours. We're gonna fight. Oh, yeah. You win. <laughs> I'm laying down. This dog's dead. Fair. All right. Inside the base, she doses Yose with a truth serum and oh. forces him to recap the story so far, basically. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> He's sure our daddy is going to wake up and wreck shop. But when she wakes, she doesn't seem too bothered by it. Oh, no. The drug, nah, man. Nice house. Yeah. The drug that our daddy was dosed with has wiped her memory. Convenient. <coughs> Damn. <laughs> At the same time, Dr. Varn in a Federation battleship. Um, has arrived on Lenarth, and the elders of the planet aren't too happy about it. They don't like uh, high-tech stuff. Nah, man. Low-tech life. Yeah, low-tech lions. Oh, there you go. <laughs> they give him one day to search the planet for our daddy, and then what? he has to leave or face the consequences. And listen, I don't want to throw any shade on Paul Bensberg, but this guy is going crazy with these words. Look at this. Oh, it's – how did you fit all those words inside there? They are tiny and they are expansive. 
The search begins as the elders are skeptical of Ardeni's power. Meanwhile, that Arlen clone that the juggler are making is ready and loyal. So Narutha dispatches him to Lenarth, where Ardeni and Krila are hanging out under the waterfall in their bikinis. It's a beach episode. Hey, they seem to be getting along now that she doesn't have memory. Mm, that uh, friendliness that comes from not knowing who the bad guys are, for sure. Yeah, hey, why not? Definitely. Um, where am I at? Oh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lounging bikinis. Good times. All right. A lot is happening at once here. Breda and Kreta are brought to Dr. Varn. The Federation military has found Karela's base. She, as a, uh, as a ship, appears outside the waterfalls. Karela orders Ardeni to use her powers to destroy the Navy. But Damn. her her memory's been wiped. She doesn't even know she has powers, Fox. Oh, man, that's a real problem, I guess. Listen, you got to plan ahead for this stuff. Suddenly, though, she does remember, which is pretty cool. It's a really great moment where she takes control of the waters of the wa- of the waterfall, and we just see it all swooping upwards toward these big uh, toward this big ship up here. Death water. It's gonna be good. Remember the last time we saw this kind of water stuff where they fought. When Arlen oh, yeah, was still alive and they fought those bugs. spider bugs and, like, boiled them alive in in midair. Oh, that was so long ago. Oh, my – yeah, listen. Like, I, I, I was clean shaven then, Fox. You know, my my terrible beard hadn't even started to grow. Oh. Meanwhile, oh the elders of Lenarth feel this psychic move and they can't believe it. This is why lions hate uh, psychics, they as do we know. hate psychics. It's an overwhelming psychic uh, assault, and they're just freaking out like they're goddamn Skeksis in Dark Crystal or something like that. Oh, that's great. Love that. They got to do something about this abomination. Not Neither Juggla nor human can be uh, should be in control of this much power. No one man should have all that power. That's right. Clock's ticking. I just count the hours, Fox. Ugh. Speaking of which, next time on Mind Wars, destroy, destroy. Yeah, legit. Yeah. Why not? Listen, I'm ready. <coughs> oh. Yep. This takes us to Blueprint 2, a story called Skirmish, another future shock. Alan Hebden. Alan Hebden, is, especially this later, this second half of Star Doing Wars. the Omens. Yeah, it is Alan Hebden's gosh dang uh, comic. Like, this is his, you know, in the same way that maybe 2000 AD at this point is becoming John Wagner's, basically. Or or Wagner and Grant's. Like, Star-Lord is definitely Hebden's in the second half. So, uh, this story is script Hebden, art Pena, lettering robot, or lettering uh, David Gould. One-off time. It's the year 3560, and Imperial Earth is locked in conflict with the Aurelian Star Raiders. We see a mom and dad at home watch the news and learn that their son is being deployed to the front lines. They're real happy about it. Oh, okay. Yeah, it seems like a rough life fighting on the frontier and stuff like that. But when we see their, their soldier son, Joe, he's just chilling on the beach with some ladies. Seems pretty yeah, nice, seems honestly. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but he gets called up. He's got to do stuff. A bunch of recruits have just arrived. 
And so he's got to go break them in. He addresses the troops. They're headed to the planet Chloris 5, a worthless pile of mud, etc. All right. They Wait, lo- why? Because that's, you know, that's the army, I guess. They log into a troop ship. And um, they start to uh, deploy and fight. They got to overcome various uh, enemy pressures of the fight. They've got <laughs> items to do it, though. They got like uh, goggles, earmuffs, anti-grav packs, tickle all bomb repellent, good. sanity what? pills, all this kinds of stuff. Sanity pills? Yeah, they get attacked by weird hallucinations, so they got to take the sanity pills. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, my God. Eventually, they fight their way to the Aurelians who immediately surrender, and then everybody parts as friends. See you in a couple weeks. Oh, all right. Basically, both sides' armies have realized that if they really fought, it would destroy the galaxy. So instead, they just have fake battles fought by troops who aren't in on it. And, you know, it's sort of like if you can overcome each side's uh, counterweapons and measures and stuff, then you sort of count the win and move on from there. Such brinksmanship. It's a safe way to keep the folks at home entertained. Now pose with the flag for this fake battle. We had a future shock just like uh, similar to this actually recently. <coughs> yeah, I feel like maybe coming up in 2000 AD where there was a where there's a uh, a war being fought on an alien planet, but they're mostly just faking the war because they figure that by the time that if a winner reveals itself, then w- the losing side will Mutual just nuke everybody. Yeah. yeah. So you know, whole thing. Hey, seems to I mean practical. Yeah, I prefer Moon Olympics. <laughs> Listen, give me that Moon Olympics. Next, there's an ad for the 1979 Dan Dare special, which we covered back in episode 23. Oh, my gosh. Damn. Almost 200 episodes ago. Cannot think about it. There's also an extra piece of the Stargram with an ominous password of the week. Countdown, buddy. Oh, well. Especially considering there's only two episodes left. Um, the letter of the week is a pretty decent picture of a spaceship here, like in this. Yeah. Um, like and, that ladder. Yeah, got to climb up there. Other letters include a bike squad being organized in Cheshire, a couple oh, of robot no. and laser designs. They've mobilized? Listen, these paramilitary kids are coming for you, Fox. You specifically. They're going to take the channel to France, and then they're going to roll through the low countries into Germany to take you down. Come at me, bro. I will destroy you. Ooh, I'm going to punch these kids. I'm going to I'm going to help you out and punch these kids so good, buddy. Gotta kill these kids. Yeah. No, you're right. <sighs> this thing, this sonic dart, very Viper-esque. You know, I hate tracers, and I feel like we got some tracers in a couple situations here. But, you know, I'll let these kids survive, I suppose. Who won't be letting people survive, Fox, though, is in Blueprint 3 for Robusters. Oh, yeah. Ooh, I like these, uh, like these, oh, gentlemen. Uh, Darby's, Durbles. Bowler-hatted boffins. God, man, I have words gone now. Listen, yeah, we aren't talking good. Script by Chris Slaughter as Jack Adrian, art Jose Luis Ferrer, lettering Tom Frame and Bill Henry. The hey, ulti- it's my boy Tommy. Oh, yes. The ultimate disaster has hit Howard Quartz. 
the tax man. He owes oh, God. 238 billion credits in 30 days. Or Thompson and Thompson here will be back to deal with them. What's the bill for? Seems to be related to all these different disasters that Quartz has handled over the years that we've seen in the comics. From a nerve gas disaster in Florida to a droid show in Farnborough. Gotta pay your cut to the government, man. They will come after you. Yeah, it seems like he would have covered that, but whatever. Behind the bowler hat, guys, there's a dude in a white suit who introduces himself as Bullstrode from the Nash from the uh, Nationalization Board. Gold. All right. He wants to be sure that Robuster's being run efficiently. Quartz blusters in response, but then there's an earthquake. Well, Actually, fortuitous, I guess. Not an earthquake. Because it seems that the power system of the Robusters, the Atom Cracker, has exploded. Oh, that's not a good thing. Yeah, it runs the whole dang project and it's blowing up. That's real bad. Real bad look when you've got government oversight showing up at your mysterious based on Devil's Island for there to be a giant explosion, Fox. It's just not – not not not. it's not on. You got to be careful about it. Should have paid – a little bit of extra for those specialists to be maintaining that thing, man. Absolutely. So, as always, Rojas and Hammerstein arrive on the scene. They're sort of picking up the bodies of their friends and stuff. They're all dead. Howard wow. Quartz shows up, and I love that he's wearing, like, a rad suit over his mechanical body to protect his brain, basically. Listen, man, that brain is the 10% he's got left. That's right. Some girders are about to fall on him. And so Rojas, or so Hammerstein, I should say, hits those girders with his, uh, with some of his, with his wrist guns. But Quartz just thinks he's being a jerk and try to knock him down and make him look bad. And thus he sends them to Mechquake, as you do. Just a, this move. Listen, Wooly, all right, I've been up uh, – it's the 22nd hour. I'm trying to live, you know. I'm trying to make it to the end here. It's hot. It's hot in the compartment here. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, bye. Quartz, quartz, wor- quartz, quartz's world is in shambles, but still he resolves – not to be pushed down. He'll reach for the sky instead. But then a bright oh, well. light comes down and lifts him up into the sky. Oh, geez. Man, I am into this tractor beam situation. <laughs> he starts flying into the air. The bots wonder if they should help him at all. But he's dragged into a ship that's marked uh, TH001. And suddenly the government guys come by and ask where Quartz went. The bots say he went that away. And because of that answer, they're like, oh, absconding from the tax man, eh? Well, I guess that just means he'll have to be wanted for tax evasion and the government will be taking over Robusters. Oh, this plan has worked. Something tells me he's the dude with the rubber mask. Mm-hmm. You got to think about it. Um, meanwhile, on the ship, Quartz is confronted by his kidnapper. You! Well, I guess we'll find out more later. Next time, you're on a one-way ticket to nowhere. Oh, man. Nowheresville. 
total missed opportunity. <laughs> hey, someone asked in the chat, and I, I agree with this as a serious fashion question, Fox. You're my fashion um, inspiration, as always. You wear so, a bowler hat. You've got a uh, glass dome on your head. You wear that bowler on the inside or the outside? Ooh, I'm going to tell you. I want to say on the outside, because then, you know, first people have got to think, how is he getting that thing to stay on? Because it's staying on. Mm -hmm. It's a power move. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I agree. You got to wear that hat (sighs) on the outside, buddy. That's that's like how you be classy. Um, After that, oh, we've got one last quiz, Fox. This is a master quiz for all six star troopers here. Um, you know, they ask just sort of different things based on your stuff. Again, we even looked at this very closely. I'm just going to let many words. it roll. Live it up. Which takes us to our last blueprint. Blueprint for Holocaust. Hey, our boys are back to do some exposition and uh, parachute, I think you said. Yep. Yeah, they're parachuting. They're shooting. <laughs> they're living it up. Skeet surfing. Mm, script is by Alan Hebden, Art Magellanes, Salinas, Lettering Road, Letterer, Peter Knight, Minsky, Hunter, and J. Edgar, the android, head out to a chopper in front of the White House and take off. Presumably, they're going to do a hurried press conference on their way out. Oh, wow. Perfect phone Love calls, etc. Um, listing those various things. You know what I'm talking about, Fox. Um, oh, yeah. Luckily... Um, they go up there, but dang, listen, they're they're looking for a UFO, and dang if that UFO doesn't find them right away. I mean, it's homing in on their situation. Always. They get buzzed by the helicopter at high speed. It basically takes out the rotor blades on top. Um, we got to get the F out of this whirly bird. Yeah, they got to jump out of this helicopter. But Jay Edgar does not understand the uh, concept of helicopters or of par- uh, of parachutes, I should say. Man, and so, it's not rocket science. Yeah, it's uh, parachute science. But so when they jump out, basically Jay Edgar won't let go of Hunter. And the two of theirs weights is too, isn't, is too heavy for uh, Hunter's parachute, basically. Good thing this uh, flying saucer has uh, can go from blow to suck. <laughs> suck to blow. Um, yeah, because as they're falling and things seem bad, the, the flying saucer just swoops right by and scoops them right up. Pretty, you know, pretty decent, yeah. to be honest. Pretty um, uh, ace flying there. Yeah. As he's falling, Minsky uh, calls in all the orders for soldiers to start fighting these dudes. But I don't see the Air Force here in 10 seconds. There's going to be trouble. And we got flying saucers flying down Massachusetts Avenue in Washington, D.C., the most frightened street in the most frightened town. Come on now. Fighters are going after it. The president himself at a grandstand view. It's flying around. It flies straight through the Washington Monument, although we don't get a really good view of it. But it still cuts it in half with a bromp. Gotta bust these obelisks. <laughs> Absolutely. The UFO, however, got away. And um, uh, Hunter and J. Edgar wake up inside this weird solo UFO. Hey, was there no one else in there with them? I don't think so. 
Soon they're flying around, crossing the Arctic. Where are they going to go? Like, we're just sort of flying north and ending up someplace. They cross uh, tundra and pine forests. Hunter's pretty sure they're in Siberia, which is not Just by the looks of things, I guess, huh? Yeah, I guess you can kind of figure it out vaguely. Um, as – oh, man. Okay, hold on. <laughs> we got this. They're definitely in Siberia. They come to stop over a small town with regimented alien-controlled Russian troops walking around. J. Edgar confirms this must be a high one based, and they're 100% doomed. Oh, okay. Also free zombies. Yeah. The Russians advance on the UFO. Hunter pulls his pistol and starts shooting them, but it seems to have no effect. Oh my god, um, there's zombies. Suddenly, though, the troops just dissolve and, like, are a big pile what of bones the... and skeletons. Oh, man, what's going on? And then, suddenly, the biggest UFO they've ever seen comes into view. Or what I would just call a sky party. I like a sky party, you know? It's yeah. Good stuff. Um, yeah, it's in its presence. Hunter can't think. He can't breathe. He screams. <clears throat> Meanwhile, back in D.C., Minsky gets info about the UFO that snatched our lads. He consults with his counterpart, Lupinsky of the Soviets. You okay. jerks have an alien infestation in Siberia, bro. Get it together. OK, get get it together with your alien it's infestation. A secret war. We've got to keep our secret shit on lock. Like, you've got to know this stuff, dude. Come on. Um, as they see the giant UFO, Lupinski calls the Kremlin hurriedly. Meanwhile, Hunter wakes up in a strange black zone and suddenly the doors of the UFO open. I guess he's lying in front of the UFO here. And strange black figures appear to start coming down the rampway. Oh, man. Are we finally going to get more confused? You will be. <laughs> so pure. Good times. Um Comic ends. Yeah, so next time, uh, alarm, surface settlement under attack. Oh, boy. All right. <laughs> and comic ends with some more. Oh, come on, yeah. With some more soccer stacks facts, this time about the oldest soccer player. Man. All right, so that's it Ugh. for Star-Lord 20. Listen, low-energy boys just talking about stuff, getting out of here in a smooth 20 minutes, Fox. Oh, oh my yeah, God. baby. <laughs> I, am, I am okay with that. Yeah, listen, I can't say it too much. All right, so let's uh, talk top. Let's talk tops and bots here. Tops and bottoms. What's your? What are your top and bottom blueprints? Oh, I mean, God, it's very hard for me not to just say the same thing over and over again. Mm. I, you know, I'm I'm loving this mind wars right now. It's got some got some good psychic stuff going on. Can't wait for the reunion of these twins, but one of them isn't the twin and uh, just everything here. Lions, psychics. It's something that I can actually follow. I understand what's going on. Feels really good. Nice, uh, you know, fantasy stuff. Oh, yeah. Whereas uh, my bottom continues to be Holocaust. What the hell's going on? Please answer that question. At this point, I don't think I can. Holocaust is like it's 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 hard to understand there's weird stuff happening and i can't stress enough to everybody that this sucker is long it's I, forever 2 4 6 eight. 8 pages that's too long for a british comic 
it's just <laughs> it's just too much. Um, oh, I will say, Ugh. yeah, Leah, we, 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 we got a Trump sound effect in here, which my understanding is that uh, in the context of British slang, that means a fart. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> uh, but whatever. Um, yeah. I mean, I'll agree. Holocaust is terrible. It makes me very unhappy to have to have this be at the end of every episode and just <laughs> constantly have to finish up with it. Um, but, and I'll say for my top, I mean, listen, it's hard for me not to say mind war and I'm not gonna, or I am gonna say it because it's good. Hey, bikinis. Yeah. We got bikini babes. We got spaceships flying around. We got evil guys doing plastic surgeries to make (laughs) fake brothers. I don't know what else you want. What else could you want? (laughs) This is a good story. It's pretty it's it's all over the place in the best sort of ways. Absolutely. Uh, I just love the like, honestly, I could see a full on movie just where you have an act out with this water flying upwards toward this spaceship. I love that image. That's really cool. It's real good. And, you know, I like this Karela lady, man. She's evil. And I appreciate this evil lady for sure. Hey, man, she's been dethroned. She wants to be Empress again. This was a fun beach episode, and I appreciate that for sure. All right. (laughs) I hope everybody enjoyed the show. No, man. Like what we're doing, listen to Space Spinner 2000. It's a good podcast, available with podcast providers. You can contact us at spacespinner2000 at gmail.com, 2080 forums, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Uh, if you want to let support us, we appreciate it. I could use your money. Now, nah, now, nah, listen, if you want to, it's fine. We got stuff to, to give you for it if you want to pay us at patreon.com slash Cradaline. And also check the links in the about page if you want to buy the collected image, the uh, the collected collections that some of these stories appear in. Come back next hour as more stuff happens. I didn't write what's going to happen next hour because I think I got real tired towards the end of this stuff. Um, so anyway... <laughs> Oh, but you'll be right back. More of the same, including oh, sorry. But generally, more of the same, including um including uh, you know, more mind wars, strontium dogs coming back. Basically, everything is in their final processes. Cause we got two more episodes left, Fox. So we're sort of oh, coming man. towards the end. I hope everybody's ready for that. And until then, I'm Conrad. He's Fox. And we barely are Space Spinner Star Lordathon. Keep watching the skies. Hail, Star Troopers. My name is Conrad, alongside my friend Fox. This is the 23rd hour of the Space Spinner Star Lordathon, a live stream. Where two Americans discuss the UK sci-fi comic Star Lord one issue at a time. Ooh. It's two AM in Los Angeles, and this hour we're covering Star Lord issue twenty-one, cover date September thirtieth, nineteen seventy-eight. In this one, our Denny fights the sun. We meet Quartz's brother Johnny Alpha fights the brain, fights a brain, and Hunter gets shafted, mind okay. shafted. Yeah. Oh, that's none of that sounds particularly great. Second to last one, buddy. We're gonna make this. I promise. Oh yeah. 
You can find the comics we're covering today in, Strand- in the Stranding Block SDA Agency Files 1, Robusters Volume 1, and the Judge Dredd Magazine Issues 408 and 409. Cover. Nobody does it better than Star-Lord. We did this one, you guys. Come on. Get it together. And Man, Jose Luis Ferrer. Yeah, draws a big green monster dude standing on planets threatening this little spaceship here. He's the guardian of the Dark Star. I mean, yeah, all right. Yeah, fair enough. Movement inside, Blueprint 1, Mind Wars. Time for some eye stuff going yeah. on here. Hi, uh, script, Ellen Hebden, Art, Jesus Redondo, Lettering, Potter, and Peter Knight. Which Potter, guys? There's Jack and there's Steve, and this is not enough information. High above Lenarth, a Federation ship is being pounded by an upwards waterfall sent by Ardeni. The ship is starting to stall, and Dr. Varn is worried as usual. But the Lenarth have a way to deal with this. Oh. They summon the force of the Green Star at last. Oh, thing. Yeah, we've been looking for it for a while. And they demand that it destroy our Denny. Oh. It agrees. Right. Oh, damn. All right. Yeah, it stops the ships from falling <clears throat> and appears and, you know, goes to blow these ladies up. Oh, man, they were having a scream match. Yeah, the the concept of the Green Star sounds familiar to a, wi- a mind-wiped Ardeni, but not much else. Um, she knows she's being threatened, though, so she starts hurling rocks of glowing energy. Of, uh, of, she starts hurling rocks at the glowing orb as the orb fires energy at her in the crossfire. Oh, no. Karila is killed. We hardly knew her. Man, I, I liked her as the bad, that yeah. second bad. Sexy older lady bad guy. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Ardeni swears revenge. She's so powerful that the Green Star has no choice but to retreat. Oh, all right. Yeah. On Jugla, this seems to be Narutha's new plan, as defeating the sun will weaken Ardini and make her susceptible to his fake twin-based ruse. Uh, really? I mean, all right. He's ready for it. He's got a plan, always. That's why he's the head honcho. That's yeah. why he gets the shoulder dragon. Meanwhile, Ardeni hears Yosei's cry and protects him from a boulder about to smash him. She dresses in a boob vest and says she's not letting him go until she gets her memory back. Damn, dude. This is a... What's going on? Yeah. On the weapon ship, the elders of Lenarth demand Dr. Varn take Ardeni away and the juggler descend from orbit. On the planet... Uh, Yose is trying to explain the plot of the comic to Ardini, but she's not really interested in it. Oh, man. She's got to walk around and look for stuff. Yeah. She sees a landing pod and goes to investigate it. And when she does, she finds a copy of her brother inside. She's Apparently, not... he's going to exact revenge. I mean, he shows up. Yeah, going to make me pay. But honestly, the whole thing just seems to drive Ardeni insane. 
powers out of my mind. They've driven me mad. Oh, I can't take it any longer. I'm sick of living. And then a giant mushroom cloud engulfs the whole area. She did a meltdown, man. (laughs) Oh, no. She's going to melt. Best power. Is our Denny dead? Find out in next week's concluding episode. Oh, there we go. Think about it. Oh, yeah. We're finishing up here. Second to last episode. Let's move on to Blueprint 2, Robusters. Script, Chris Louder as Jack Adrian. Art, Carlos Pino. Lettering, Paul Binsberg. Who has kidnapped Howard Quartz? His old... His, uh... His old, or sorry, his brother Ebenezer, the meanest man in the galaxy. Oh, no. Man, that's uh, probably a really rough title to maintain, you know? Uh, You know, I think it finds a way. Quartz assumes he's plotting some vile scheme, but Ebenezer's just here to make fun of Quartz's uh, metal body and stuff like that. He's a total jerk. (laughs) All right, but. Howard yeah, takes the meanest man. Yeah, Howard takes a seat and is promptly electrocuted. It's a whoopee chair. Then Ebenezer activates arm clamps on that chair. It seems he's <sighs> dying, but before he goes, he wants to torture his bro for a bit and hits the juice once more. Soon he'll be in control of Robusters because he's been the one who's been arranging all these recent problems, the dastard. Oh, okay. Yeah, back in Robusters HQ, Rojas and Hammerstein wonder what they're going to do. Everything's <laughs> crazy as the tax men order them to clean up the area. I mean, that's their new boss, I guess. Yeah, naturally, Mechquake, as a huge suck-up, immediately gets in good with Bullstrode, the guy from the nationalization office, and is ordered to destroy a random robot for gossiping. Oh, God. Then another that complains. This new regime is the pits and just destroying all these robots left and right. I mean, big jobs, baby. I guess so. A robot swings by, but he's um, and he's sort of hanging out with Rojas and Hammerstein. He's picking up a signal from underground. Rojas digs down to find it. It's a remote. It's a remote signal device. Okay. That probably must have uh, triggered the bomb that blew up the atom cracker. Oh, man, it was a setup. That's right. The bots reported to the government guys who are clearly involved in some kind of cover-up. Back at the base, Bullstrode is firing Miss Marilyn without even giving her a way to get off Devil's Island. What a jerk. Yeah, she knew this, knows these guys are evil, and this could be the end of Robusters. Oh, dang. Next week, they can't do this to us. Capitalism is a horrible sham shackling you to uh, the robot slavery of our something. <laughs> okay, okay, comrade. Let's keep it going. <laughs> That takes us to Blueprint 3, Strontium Dog. Oh, man, I'm into this frog noise. Crack. Ooh, yeah. Crack. Script, John Wagner's TV Grover. Art, Carlos Escara, Lettering, Paul Bensberg. So happy that Escara's back this final Strontium Dog, Fox, for sure. Wonderful. 
on the planet Larg, there's a bunch of weird monsters, frogs, etc. And a voice connected to a giant eye demands that some purple dude start singing. And they break into, oh, what a beautiful morning from Oklahoma, complete with soloist, at least until one, until he gets eaten by a frog. <laughs> Not my best tenor. Oh, no. Got to reach into that frog. Grab your tenor. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. I've got a beautiful feeling. Everything's podcasting my way. (laughs) Nailed it. Live it up. Uh, The weird eye, like you said, pulls the tenor out from this toad's mouth. You know, good times. Then a human comes by, and it seems like this brain is some kind of great criminal mind, but it's mostly concentrating again on uh, training these weird uh, welt work things to uh, sing. Human doesn't care about that. He's got a plan to buy his own planet thanks to this brain's ultimate weapon. So, good times. At 1100 hours, the heads of the planet are waiting on a ship and it delivers Johnny Alpha, Wolf, and the Gronk. Hey, our boys. Yeah, they're here for a case and swiftly go below. A brain creature, which is super smart, has teamed up with local crooks, creating an ultimate weapon that will destroy the planet Larg unless they get a billion brinkles by tomorrow. Oh, brinkles. Yeah, they'll pay Johnny 50,000 binkles to destroy the weapon. That's enough for a filthy mutie like you, you filthy strontium dog. Get out of here. Uh, rude, man. Definitely, man. Take and shovel. Yeah, Johnny's game, but listen, like, he, need, he wants some respect, so he's going to raise the price of doing this thing for by 25000 for every time someone insults him. And in fact, Wolf seems to have worked <laughs> out a whole payment schedule for oh, so great. the insults he's received so far. And the price is up to 100,000 binkles, basically. And got it. Binkles. I don't. It's, you know, alien currency, I guess. Uh, they have no choice. So they go ahead. Uh, plus, it seems the Brains men have just arrived in the town square with the ultimate weapon. Oh. Everyone's running away. Even the cops are uh, running in fear. Oh, man. Lame. Bad, bad cops. Yeah, seriously. The dogs arrive at a square where the goons are prepping something. The boys have two hours to figure out what the weapon is and how to destroy it. Oh, geez, it's a rough time. Uh, I, I suggest hammer. Yeah, next time on Strontium Dog, the fun's over, you scum. <laughs> Scum's a good one. I like scum. Absolutely. All right, so we go to the Stargram. This All week's right. password is Starwatch. The $10 winner is some crazy, uh, you know, starfighters. I actually kind of like this one just because apparently it's these two kids – who are invalids in a boarding school, and they imagine oh. themselves as cool as a cool strontium dogs traveling the spaceways and stuff. And I think that's, well, that's nice. Awesome! It's a big three-page stargram here, and I'm going to draw your attention 
to these handshape ones up here, which are basically saying, hey, you should Whoa. team up with 2000 AD, buddy. Why not? All right, guys. And uh, you'll get your wish, you sons of bitches. Yep. You also get well, an explanation. Some of you are getting wished into existence. The rest of you are getting wished out. Absolutely. Um, we also get just the explanation of the cover that it's in stealth fed propaganda and stuff like that. We've More alien and spaceship diagrams in the letters, etc. I'm liking these cars. Like treads. Yeah, they got very, like, sort of a very, um, I don't know, basic transformer look or something like that. Yeah, like a GoBot. Yeah, good times. All right. Oh, man. Oh, no. Oh, Blueprint we're back for here again. Holocaust. <laughs> No credits page for these final installments of Holocaust. Comic Vines telling me that it's be that the art is by Mike White, and that seems believable to me. I don't see any uh, lettering credits. Uh, real good. Yep. Oh, ri- ri- script Alan Hebden. So, okay. Here it goes. We're in Siberia, no worries. From the inside of the ship, these dark-robed figures come out. They're castigating Hunter for all these problems you've caused. You're a jerk. I don't like you. Get out of here. They're good people? No, these are the bad guys. These are the high ones of the anim- of the uh, aliens. Oh, right. Um, they threaten to kill J. Edgar, the robot, to stop them. Hunter threatens the only thing he can, which is to kill himself, putting a gun to his head. The High Ones just decide then to not kill anybody and walk on, and J. Edgar and Hunter follow. The people here are all mindless zombies walking around, humans domesticated by the old ones. They They go shopping, they buy some, you know, something to eat. They get in a jeep and go to some mines, but uh, Hunter forgot the key point that all these aliens are terrible drivers, so they just drive straight through a bunch of people, folks getting tossed all over the place and stuff. Oh, my God. Just smashing into these people? I love the woman. She really just – it looks like uh, her model glitched out. Ah, she's dropped all of her cantaloupes, too. That's sad. Mind the oranges. Mind the cantaloupes. Mm-hmm. Jagger, yeah. So uh, they, uh, the, this mine used to be a silver mine, but now it's clearly something else. They travel <laughs> underground, and indeed, it's a UFO service center. Oh man! There's a big globe of the world showing the world showing Earth's food centers being targeted by the high ones. Humanity is months away from a global famine that'll kill everybody. You gotta love a hollow globe. Yeah. The wise ones say humanity is inferior, unworthy of Earth, and the brainwashed zombies all seem to agree. But I guess they would, wouldn't they? Yep. I mean, they're all just mindless corporate shills. I mean, they're certainly brainwashed zombies, you know. Um, but everybody starts then celebrating the awesomeness of their zombie hood. And so oh, Hunter God. and J. Edgar are just able to slip away in the middle of this. Yeah, okay. They head to a supply elevator to get to the surface. But as they do, an alarm goes off. All the doors slam shut. One cuts off J. Edgar's arm. Watch out, buddy. Come on, Edna. Keep <laughs> your shit together. Yeah, come on. 
Oh no, I've lost my spot. Um yeah, so they open a door, they find a huge collection of extra zombies all just uh all, Taking naps. Yeah, laid out on um like slabs and stuff like that. <laughs> um they you know, and a bunch of uh, – they see also like a bunch of high ones headed their way. Um, Hunter shoots them and they just kind of explode, which I don't really understand. What? At the same time, there's a big old vat of spare parts. So, Jay, you're just able to pull out an arm and jam that arm so onto Why it. did it matter? Just, you know, something to happen, I guess. <laughs> That's – you know what? That is fair. As he does this, though um, – a big swarm of zombies advanced on our heroes with at least one high one in the background here. Yeah, suddenly know. there's a huge crash from the, there's a huge crash and the ceiling falls in because a surface settlement is under attack. It's Colonel Minsky from the Marines and Lupinsky from the Russians. Oh no. Do some burning and some tankage. Yeah, a joint assault to liberate Hunter and stuff. It's great, even though as they do this, Hunter is being swarmed by zombies. Next week, your man Hunter is dead. Well, I mean, took him long enough. Yeah, come on. <laughs> um, and uh, then there's a half-page ad featuring our daddy ordering us to buy the next issue of Star-Lord. There's going to be some key information in there. You know, again, end of Star-Lord. As well as uh, ads for the Valiant and Lion annuals. That's fin an ad. Yeah, finally this issue ends with a pretty nice, or no, a very early, I should say, pinup of Johnny <laughs> Alpha by Ascari. You can tell he's got sort of this very primitive Johnny Alpha face. But, you know. Electro nuts. Yeah. This image does get reused a, a fair amount, I think. And yeah, he's definitely got this, these Electro nuts on big display. Okay, Fox. Hey, Conrad. Woo! We are dying. I got to yep. know from you. Second to last issue of Star Lord. What are your top and bottom thrills? <clears throat> I like Strontium Dog. But it is set up right now. Mm. And uh, it's just the, the things that are singing are real cute. I love them a lot. Got them big eyes and huge mouths, most of their body. But man, I, I gotta tell you, buddy, I am I am pot committed with mind mind wars. This is getting <laughs> real good. The woman did a meltdown, man. I, yeah. Like uh, just everything. Like she just thought like going from a bikini to uh, like a vest that barely covers her chest like was a good good move I lateral guess. move <laughs> yeah it's just a really just the whole thing is weird i'm sad that, that one woman died though yeah Karela, she seemed like a good good bad guy i don't know also i swear to god if her fake brother is dead in the next episode because she didn't explode like all of that was for naught <laughs> <laughs> gonna really love that if that's true so it's uh, my top is mine wars and we all nice. know what the bottom is yeah i don't want to get more time with holocaust. holocaust i am so done with holocaust yeah and they're just purple robe men i know Ugh. i'm gonna agree with you on both counts alan hebden special uh mind wars on top uh holocaust on the bottom get out of here all right <laughs> i hope everybody enjoyed the show all right. Space Twitter yeah. 2000 is a podcast you should listen to. You can email us. 
can go find us on forums. We're on social media. I've said these things 20, 22 times. You know what we're talking about. Patreon.com slash Cradaline. It's a good thing. Buy some comic collections. Come on. Why not? It's good times. And, uh, you know, come back next hour, or next episode, I should say, as we reach the final issue of Star-Lord. All stories must end. Will those endings be happy? Uh, I think we'll find out. Stay tuned. Until then, I'm Conrad, he's Fox, and we are the Space Spinner Star-Lord-a-thon. Keep watching the skies! Hail Star Troopers! My name is Conrad, alongside my friend Fox. It's the 24th hour and final hour of the Space Spinner Star Lord Athon, a live stream with two Americans. Discuss the UK sci fi comic Star Lord one issue at a time. It's 2 30 a.m. in Los Angeles, and we're finishing this fucker up. Uh, oh, yeah. This hour, we're covering Star Lord issue 22, covered in October 7th, 1978. It's the final issue of Star Lord. All stories must end. I'm extremely excited. Oh, there we go. Yes. <laughs> You find the comics are covered today in Strong Team Dog SVHD Files 1, Robusters Volume 1, and the Jesuit Magazine 408 and 409. Also, the Planet of the Damned collection. We talked about that earlier. It feels like a billion years ago. So great. Okay, the cover Graham Cotton draws a weird spider robot on the sea as Star Lord ships wait to carry him out beyond the stars. <laughs> What is going on here? Don't understand. Yeah, it doesn't say good news to all readers, but it does sort of say, look inside, get ready for this stuff. All right. Here we go. Blueprint one, Mind Wars. Script out, Hebden, Art, Hazes, Redondo, lettering, John Aldrich, and David Gould. Oh, man, that really looks like a Death Star. It's like three Death Stars sort of smacked together, basically. That's how, you know it's, that's how you know it's real strong. Absolutely. A mushroom cloud rises over Lenarth, and the juggler assume Ardeni is dead, as you do. Uh, but there's still human ships to fight. <laughs> and right. so the juggler ship is forced to flee, but is then destroyed. Aboard a Federation hey. ship, Dr. Yeah. Varn sends a shuttle down to pick up Yose. As troops are untying him, a flyer from the, the Letharian elders shows up. They're pissed at the power humanity has spawned even more powerful than the Green Sun. Where do you assholes yeah. get off? <laughs> but they didn't do it. Hey, what is the Green Sun anyway? I want to know. And the answer is you aren't – you're too weak to understand. But you know who isn't weak, too weak to understand, Fox? The boyfriend-girlfriend couple. <laughs> mm, our Danny and her fake brother, who is Ugh. still alive! Oh, man. She explains that the shock of seeing Arlen alive caused her to regain <clears throat> her memory. This fixed her brain. Um, she then used her powers to fix his brainwashing. His name's uh, Tarsh, by the way, just FYI. Okay. And they set up the blast to trick the juggle into thinking she's dead. Now she's got a sword, a score to settle and wants to speak to the green sun peacefully this time. Talk to me, son. Oh, boy. So son she talks to a son. Yeah. Now. The son appears and offers to teach her to control her powers. She agrees. 
in return for information about the Juggler homeworld. Oh, they are going to fuck that place up. It seems like it only takes about a minute or so for all this information to take place, but she's finished. She gets the location of the world. Dr. Uh, Varn, head of the Federation, is quick to offer her a ride there. A week later, a giant fleet masses over the Juggler homeworld. Everyone's freaking out. Um, but at least our Dinny isn't around, right? Or so the uh, Juggler think. But then she is there. She appears before New Ratha. She blows up Klee Fang. Not Klee Fang. That's all I wanted was for Klee Fang to make it, but he dies. Another favorite character tragically killed in an Alan Hebden joint. By Cleefang, Tiger Commander. Mourn you till Rest I join you, buddies. Um, New Rather refuses to beg for mercy, and Ardeni can't pull the trigger and murder him. Instead, she decides to use her powers wisely. She curses New Rather to a long life and returns to the fleet. She's leaving. Tarsh and Yase can come with her if they want. Dr. Varn mm. says he's disappointed she didn't she didn't kill him. But listen, he's happy to carry out this genocide whenever, you know, as it goes, basically. <laughs> but <laughs> she then says, oh, I've I, she's neutralized the weapons of both the juggler and okay. the Federation fleet. Even okay. their hand weapons don't work. If what, you want to finish swords? this, you'll have to work it out like civilized people, you huge jerks. Oh, man. She and her friends right off into the sunset on the Huntress of Altair, the end of Mind Wars. What a weird ending, buddy. I'll tell you, Um, I said earlier, for the past actually couple weeks, Alan Hebden's been, the writer here has been posting... Um, like every day he's posted an entry of Mind Wars and he's mm-hmm. been very actually forthcoming and answering questions and stuff about this and says he wasn't happy cool. with this ending. He didn't have enough sp- – he, he wanted kind of one more issue to kind of finish the story off right but wasn't able to get it. Oh, that's too bad. So that's why it's very ar- abrupt. They were just quick to kind of get to the end and sort of kick things off it seems like. Yeah. Got to merge, baby. Got to merge. Got to get rid of these story strips. That's the answer. But speaking of things that will survive the merge, Fox. Hey, baby. Blueprint 2, Robusters. Oh, where is that? There we go. Script, Chris Louders, Jack Adrian, Art, Jose Luis Ferrer, Letter Robot, Peter Knight. Howard Quartz is being held captive. And meanwhile, the new Robusters boss, Bullstrode, of the nationalization office is sending robots to be destroyed by mechquake at a rate of knots. 38 droids in two days. Might as well call him Erwin R. Scheister. Am I right? <laughs> oh, man. These pro- professional wrestling references. You know how to get to my heart, Fox. Absolutely. Yeah. Rojas, Hammerstein, and Miss Maryland watch from the shadows in horror. The government guys throw their weight around as they wonder where Quartz is. And at that time, we cut to uh, Ebenezer's ship where they're implanting a bomb in Howard Quartz's body. God damn it. There seems to be some discussion as to whether um, as to whether uh, this is going to be a two-hour or a six-hour bomb that's been put in Howard Quartz. Because this uh, guy says your brother has exactly two hours to live. And then, like in the next panel – 
Um, Ebenezer says, you hear that? Six hours and then kaput. Just weird. So I feel like he's maybe trying to get, like tell him that he's got more time. But like, how would he remember that you put a bomb in him? Absolutely. Anyway, they're going to toss him in the Atlantic and see him splash around a little bit. Then he's going to blow up. <laughs> oh, rad. Back on Devil's Island, Miss Marilyn has a plan. They call one of Howard Quartz's phones to see where he is, but they need a robot to help him do that. They get that Ooh, bomb sniffer bot from last episode, Aerials, to uh, do it. But to do that, they, and to do it, they, they got to break into the computer room and get hacking to tune in his phone things. He's got to eavesdrop on a few conversations. That includes these tax guys saying that they faked all of the back taxes that mm. Howard Quartz owns. <clears throat> Not good. Yeah, These they, are bad dudes. Definitely. They get Quartz's location, but Bullstrode comes up to stop them until he gets a shovel to the gut from Rojas. Excellent. Probably hurts. Uh, the, bot, the bots leg it to a waiting ship and fly out to where Ebenezer is. And as they arrive, they ram into it to free Howard Quartz. Definitely good stuff. The bots fight Ebenezer's goons and then grab Marilyn and Quartz and make a run for it. Hammerstein lands them all safely in the water. I think that's here. Yeah. Yeah. Where we learned that he's got a bomb inside of him and everybody's like, no, that's no good. And they just swim in opposite directions. Definitely. Get you away from us. Yeah. But in the end, they're good guys. They think better of it. So they swim back and do some mid-sea surgery and remove the bomb from his chest <laughs> as rescue ships arrive. A few days later, all the tax guys are arrested and Quartz is cleared. Is he grateful? No way. Sharpen up, you shabby droids. I shake my umbrella at you. Man, I'm going to feed you to my big old robot. You don't do some work around here, buddy. Absolutely. And, uh, what you call it? That's the end of uh, Robusters. They will return in the pages of 2000 AD. Hurrah. Um, I know that Robusters. Yeah, it's good. And that takes us to Blueprint 3, Strontium Dog. Script Robot, John Wagner, Stevie Grover, Art Robot, Carlos Escara, Letting Robot, Paul Bensberg. On Larg, the city is panicked as some kind of ultimate weapon created by a brain monster and wheeled out by a bunch of goons is uh, scaring everybody. Our lads, the strong team dog, have two hours to defuse it, but it's lead shielded, so Johnny's mutant eyes can't see through it. The bosses of the planet are getting worried to the point that a giant bullion van arrives to pay the ransom for the planet. Okay. Finally, though, Johnny Alpha's eyes see through this weapon and he sees the truth. Fireworks. Oh. He walks over to arrest the goons. They tell him to stay back and eventually set off the weapon and sets off just a big, uh, big explosion that says Merry Christmas. Hey, nice. He pissed uh, a you know, Happy New Year to you. Yeah, definitely. He pistol whips these goons. The ultimate <laughs> weapon was a Good joke. Move. The brain played fools of these humans, and it almost worked. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go arrest that brain. At the base, the, uh, the boys confront the brain. And he explains that he just wants to train his water words to sing a full version of Oklahoma in full costume. But he can do that in prison, so he comes along quietly. Yeah. 
But the rest I mean, of the as long, goons, as, yeah. as long as he's got his little dudes, he's Absolutely. fine. Absolutely. But the goons that employed him, not interested in this plan. A gunfight breaks out, and a stray shot hits Cornelius, the brain's uh-huh. best tenor. Oh, man, you're going to get brain-circled. Absolutely. It beams out a massive brainwave, killing the goons instantly, but sparing Johnny Wolf and the Gronk. <laughs> brain's taken away by the police, and it asks Johnny to give Cornelius a good burial. Hopefully, the brain will get over it. After all, the show must go on. Grim shot. And as will Strontium Dog in the page of 2000 AD. Mm. Yeah, I like it. I like this is a very Strontium Dog ending, I feel like. Yeah. uh, This job finished. They walk off into the sunset. For Stargram, it's the final Stargrams. Star-Lord assures us the Interstellar Federation has been defeated. They'll no longer threaten Earth, so his work here is done. He's off to help other solar systems. The Gronks are calling. Uh, But you can keep reading your faves in 2000 AD and Star-Lord on sale next week. Don't worry about it. The top letters are designed for a fighter tank. There's letters morning, half tough, and a pair of uh, spaceship designs. Uh, good times. And then also, of course, one final stamp ad and a big two page ad for the merged comic, as well as Robusters and Strontium Dog. There's Judge Dredd and uh, Flesh Book 2. It's the start of uh, Judge Cal in Judge um, Power in uh, 2018 for Judge Dredd. And here we go. Oh, man. I will never have to experience this again until it's got to savor this <laughs> blueprint for Holocaust script robot, Alan Hebden, Mike white on art. It's summer in Siberia. The military's flamethrowering alien to alien possessed towns. Folks, the mysterious high ones in their robes are being spotted, but allowed to escape. Minsky wants to save Carl Hunter, but in the mind below, things aren't looking good. Hunter's killing dudes, but remember when they do, they turn into a deadly poison, so it's sort of a uphill battle. Oh, man. No he good finds, getting poisoned. Yeah, he finds a wall console and starts fiddling with buttons, <laughs> but that just wakes up more zombies. This is why you don't mess around with the thermostat unless you know what the hell you're doing. I do what I want, fucks. Um... I'll press army, all these buttons. Army guys just send down the mine shaft with ropes, as you do. Okay. And they find a bunch of high ones waiting for them. The troops hold back, but suddenly the high ones start shooting eye beams at them, taking control yeah. of people with their hypnosis, hypnotizing eye beam things. Strong, strong opening move here. Meanwhile, Hunter has figured out how the console works, and he's making these zombies dance in the chorus line. Remote control. Then sends him to attack the others. He pulls a portable keyboard out of the wall and is soon playing a live-action, real-time strategy game, directing these zombie hordes to kill everybody else. Man, all zombies must kill. Oh, yeah. Eventually, he manages to meet up with Minsky and Lupinsky and saves their asses for once. The zombies deal with um, the zombies um, dealt with. Hunter makes a jump at one of the high ones, but the robes are empty and a couple giant rats jump out of those robes instead. And I guess that's what the high ones actually are. I don't know. But everybody's making a run. Yeah, everybody's making a run for the UFO. This part's not really explained. 
Uh, the big right. bosses on the um, in the mothership oh. order this base destroyed, but it's pretty funny because the self destruct button is too, too high, high for the rats to reach, so they can't actually look, do it. Look at their tiny little control consoles in the bottom left. That is the most adorable thing. Yeah, they got these little rat consoles. Oh man, it's nice. All watch, right, watch out for cats. Yeah. So anyway, with all that done. The base is captured, and uh, the whole. Th- oh, sorry, I, I was. Go- I, I had a joke, which is basically saying that's why you got to build your base to ADA regulations. All right, so that everybody <laughs> can hit the button, no matter what. <laughs> Soon, a joint USA USSR effort is made to Independence Day. These UFOs and the captured high ones are forced to give up information or be fed to uh, starving alley cats, which I believe is a violation of the Geneva Convention. But don't worry oh, about it. <laughs> Within a month, bigger, better human UFOs are flying to the dark side of the moon where they grab the alien mothership and uh, go to tow it into the sun until they surrender. Okay. Humanity is saved, and Hunter once again quits working for the government to be a private eye. He returns oh. to San Francisco, and uh, yeah, famine's averted, and there's a new client in Hunter's office. It's Minsky, looking for a man to send to Mars, but Hunter just kicks him right out. Give my love to the Martians and get lost. The end. I forgot he was a private eye. Completely forgot. That's fair. Fox. Oh, oh, man. One last time. What are your top and bottom blueprints for this, the final issue of Star-Lord? Bottom is still Holocaust. Need not say more. But I am changing up my top this time. I'm loving that strontium dog. That was real good. Just a whipping. Merry Christmases. You know, cute, cute little animals that were being trained. Sadness. And then brain beams. These are the things that I like. I like them. Fight me if you don't agree. Conrad. I mean, I'll fight you you a little. Holocaust deserves to be on the bottom. I'm going to put Mind Wars on the top. This is a real crazy ass end to Mind Wars. And that's nice. She talks to a son. Yeah, she talked to a son. She neutralized all the weapons and made these guys like not actually kill each other and stuff. And I think that's a good message for the kids. Yeah. I still believe that we should hashtag kill these kids. She's imposing her will on a lot of people. That's true. You know, so, okay, listen, we talked a little bit about having a spinnies for Star-Lord, everybody, with our top whatevers and stuff at the end of it, but we're dying. I mean, I remember nothing. Yeah. We aren't going to do it, so um, or we aren't going to do it tonight. We'll come back and yeah. do, spend some time uh, percolating over our thoughts and have a spinnies, a, a Star Lord spinnies episode afterwards. If you've got ideas for the Star Lord spinnies and nominations, I'd love to hear them. Send them to us through our social media things. Hey, why not? Come on. Whew. But yeah, all right. Tornado, tornado next week. Bob Thompson, go to hell, buddy. <laughs> All right. I hope everybody enjoyed our show and this Star Lord Athon. Oh man! If you like this, oh my God! There's so much more with our weekly podcast about 2000 AD Space Spinner 2000. You can send us an it's email. Good. Wish us well. I would appreciate it. It's always nice when people send us emails at spacespinner2000 at gmail.com. I sent them to Fox. We feel like very good boys. 
You can I'm find a us very, on, very good boy. Yeah, you can find us on the Space Spinner forums where we're very active. Got a big old thread, and we appreciate everybody who posts on there as well. And Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. It's been a lot of fun hearing people, you know, engage with us on social media. It's great. On Twitter at Space Spinner 2K, if you also go to Space Spinner 1000, you'll find us there. And again, if you like what we've done and you're like, oh man, like, I guess, I guess actually like 22 hours or 23 hours of content, which is still a lot and still all of Star-Lord for the whole thing. And it'll be up on the feed pretty soon in four hour chunks. And I think still on Twitch also, if you want to check that out. But all this stuff, you're like, oh man, this is great. Plus, um, you know, the 220 episodes we've done that have been free up until this point. I'm just sort of saying oh, things. Oh, God. Listen, in like, uh, what you call it? We're hours away from our start of 1990, which includes the big reveal of Dead Man, which is going to be a very exciting issue for sure. Oh, oh yeah. So, yeah. listen, if you feel like we deserve some money for that, why not? Uh, or, you know, you want to thank us somehow, why not go to patreon.com slash Send Slip us some moulier and we'll have stuff for you in return. Also, if you like these stories, you can get your own copy by the collected edition listed in the uh, about section of this of this um, very Twitch stream. Okay, that's the end of the live stream. If you'd like I'm, to follow, yeah, I'm okay. gonna die. Listen, yes. <laughs> if you'd like to follow the further adventures of Strontium Dog or the Robusters, you should check out Space Peter 2000 episode 26 and go onward from there. Though, of course, those versions of Fox <clears throat> and Conrad lack the knowledge that we have just won through reading all of Star Lord in a day. Good lord! Thank you. They so were so young, so innocent. Thank you so much for spending your time with us. Join us for more sci-fi action in the future. Until then, I'm Conrad. He's Fox. And we were the Space Spinner star lord Keep this watching the awesome. skies. Thank you so much, everybody. This should be on the feed pretty soon. And really appreciate it. Yeah, baby. All right. All right. Have a good one, everyone. Bye. Oh, Conrad. Yeah, and I, I'm going to go lay down now. Me too. Love you, buddy. I love you, buddy. Thank you so much for for doing this with me. I really appreciate it. No worries. I, words. (laughs) Exactly. All right. Get out of here. See ya.